0: It is the 11 Dubcast. I'm Johnny and filling in this week for Andy, who is in environs unknown with his dogs. I'm not really sure exactly what he's doing, but he'll give us a trip report when he comes back is our good friend, Kevin Harris. How are you doing tonight, Kevin?
1: I am just great, Johnny. How about you?
0: I'm good. I appreciate you taking a, uh, a little bit of a break from the skull session, which you meticulously craft every day for the 11 Dubcast readers um and i guess 11 warriors i guess you wouldn't yeah, really there's... read the 11 of cast. it's more of a listening kind of thing i assume yeah, that if, the 11 if you, if warriors website
1: this, if you're, you're, reading you're reading this it's too much work yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah that's right it's it's difficult to read a podcast people like to listen to them nowadays yeah. uh anyway thank you for coming on we really appreciate it and i want to start off by you know we've been hashing nil and stuff and we'll get back to that later on the episode i want to get to more of the meaty drama stuff that I think will get people super PO'd. And I was kind of looking at, you know, the website and I, what's, what's, what's generating the clicks, right? What's getting us the views. And to me, it's, it's the news that came out about the extensions for the money-making sports at Ohio state. Not a big surprise with uh, our good friend, Ryan day. We can actually start with him. Uh, Ryan day is going to get a big fat raise. He's he's contracted now through 2028 going to increase that seller to 9.5 million dollars uh I think that's that's pretty legit I mean they're first of all appropriate second of all Ohio State's dumping a ton of money on assistance how do you do you think that the compensation is adequate for what we're getting or do you think it's
1: too much too
0: little where, where do you think we stand right now Kevin on on how the college football coaches are getting paid at Ohio State
1: I think it makes sense I mean they're effectively like, uh, well, Brian Day is now, I mean, one of the highest paid coaches in the country, which I mean, that makes sense. Um, right. But I, I think it also makes sense that like, if you're viewing um, Jim Knowles as like the head coach of the defense or whatever, like that also makes sense that he's making like what $2 million or whatever. Roughly, so, yeah. I mean, it, 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 it all checks out to me. It's not like, I don't see anybody and be like, wow, they're overpaid or um I mean honestly if anything there's guys that are like underpaid like I don't know if you could pay Brian Hartline enough money um but I I think it makes sense um and then like like I was even fine I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say that Ryan Day should not have gotten a raise or should not be among the, the highest paid coaches in the country but like if you're gonna do the whole like Jim Knowles is the head coach of the defense and Ryan Day's runs the entire offense thing um then I, I would have been fine with Ryan day making like a little bit less because of that. But right. I mean, he's also running the program. He's the head coach. He's doing all of the head coach things. So it, it, it makes sense. I, I just really, I don't think there's anything controversial here. Like, I don't have strong takes about um, how they're being paid when they're kind of just doing their job. Now, if Jim Knowles like has a, a bottom 100 defense uh, for, or a bottom, like 50 defense for the, next like three years then we can have this conversation but i I don't think there's really strong takes on on this from anybody i don't think anybody should have strong takes on this at this point
0: well here's what's interesting to me about this is that and we'll get into the holman stuff which is really what we want to talk about here but just real quick before we pivot to basketball What I find interesting is like how this kind of works relative to other coaches and what they're getting paid. Like Mel Tucker, right? Yeah. A 10 year, $95 million contract last season, right in the middle of the season, because Michigan State's like, we're locking this dude down forever. And then Ryan Day probably had a very nice weekend when he found that out because, you know, the dude was it's almost like he was on his first contract as an NFL draftee. You know what I mean? Where it's like, if you, if you are a first rounder and you end up being like gangbusters from the word go, you are being significantly underpaid for your first few years in the league. And that's kind of the way I felt about Ryan day. It's like, okay, he was on the, the let's find out contract. And now he's on the, okay, you've proven it contract.
1: Yeah. He was, he was definitely on the, just in case you're Larry Coker contract. (laughs) Right, That's right. It was, and, and, and that's entirely fair because like, you, you never know. Never know. Like, I, I think he's I think he's more than proven it at this point, especially with recruiting and stuff like that. Um, but like, there's always a chance, you know, uh, you had what Mark Helfridge at, at Oregon and stuff like that. There's always those guys that like, you think it's just going to go fine the first couple of years and you you Mm got to wait it out. But I, I I think he's earned his money at this point.
0: Yeah. I think as far as the offense goes, I mean, if like you're saying, he's the head coach of the team, but also the offense. I, I I just think that Ryan day has figured something out in college football and he's
1: he's hacked it. No, but
0: seriously, seriously, he's hacked it. He's like hacked the planet and he knows exactly what, how to, to get yards and points. And I think defenses will eventually catch up, right? Like, this happened with urban Meyer you know he had a system it worked incredibly well for a very long time and then it didn't and i don't think ryan day to me is a little bit different than that he'll do whatever he'll like he i think genuinely enjoys the process of crafting an offense and will change with the times and whatever the defenses are giving he's going to try to figure out something to beat that which makes him i think a guy who can be in it for the long haul um but i genuinely believe that this dude has like done something he's figured something out in the game of football
1: and and he's he's super candid about that too like he's yeah. like yeah i mean i you know i i respond and i'll like just talking about how it it all is a game of getting the defense to react the way that you want them to react and that sort of thing yeah. and so like he, he's not shy about that and i i think like you're saying like the difference is that like he is more than capable of adjusting his offense and his scheme and stuff like that to what the defense gives you and to what college football looks like generally and you've even seen it from like when he first came in the offense was all like bubble screens and um crossing routes and that's not at all what the offense looks like now with the the quarterbacks and the the system that's in in place now so i i think he's definitely proven that he can adapt which is i mean um another reason why he's worth paying because we're a couple seasons into this you know that it's not just like sheer luck that he's put these offenses together
0: yeah unless you're like a michigan fan in which case he's apparently an npc who's just like you know you know hitting the same button on the controller and, right yeah yeah because they they know exactly what's going on in the program um so that bit of news that ryan day got a contract extension uh huge raise that garnered 117 comments on the website the news that chris holtman will receive a three-year contract extension um <laughs> uh, got got 217 uh, comments on that. And I'm going to I'm gonna break some news here. Not most, not all of those. I would say maybe the majority of them were not particularly positive uh, about this news. So I am of the opinion that Holtman next year, Holtman, it should be a make or break year. I don't think it will. And, and I know that you are of the opinion that that's, he's going to be given more time than that. I also think he's going to be given more than time than that. My question to you is Should he be given more time than that? It should, I mean, I, yes, they just gave him a contract extension. I, and that's the absurdity of this. But in my personal opinion, if he doesn't deliver, and by deliver, I mean make an NCAA tournament run next, like this coming season, then I would be done with this dude because I'm really frustrated at the direction of this program right now. And I can understand why people listening to this or reading the site would look at that and go, That's crazy.
1: So, so for me, it's like, what like it's not about the direction for me because like i see the general direction is positive hypothetically Mm -hmm. so like i i think you could fire him based on or you could be upset with him based on the results in the past but to me it's not the same thing as when like thad's program was just regularly getting worse and worse and worse every year so like like sure he's underperformed but like Can you really look at the class of, you know, four top 60 prospects that he just brought in and be like, man, the future sucks, you know? And so that's where it's at for me. Like there has to be, I'm not, for me, next year is not make or break for me at all. Because like, like I'm saying, like hypothetically, the future should be better. What would be make or break for me is like, if there is any sort of promise next year at all. You know, mm-hmm. like if, if these four freshmen come in and suck, like they're not playable, they don't even like flash anything. Like that's problem. Um, but like that, he's never really shown that. Like Holtman really hasn't brought in that many freshmen that have been that terrible, you know, like right. that's, that's not really a thing. Um, so there's nothing that really leads me to believe that like these freshmen are going to come in and be bad. Um, Cause that's, that's not really something that's happened under him. Um, and then like, or that they're not going to develop into something either. Cause like, he really hasn't had that much of a problem. Um, it's, it's hit or miss, but like for the most part, he's been fine at developing players too. So like, I am willing to wait um, and see what happens with this class because like these guys are, far, and people keep saying like, ah, oh, everybody keeps saying wait till next year, wait till next year. And like, that's fair to a point, but like these four guys that he's bringing in this year are like considerably better than any of the guys that he's brought in up till this point. So like mm-hmm. for me, it's like, I'll, I'll give it to, I'll give it to him this time. And I think that's the realistic approach to take. I think that's the realistic approach that Gene Smith's taking. Now there's also a caveat here because like, if we get to the end of next season and like all four of those guys transfer and like the program starts going in a terrible direction. Like, I mean, you saw that in 2015 when Thad had a very similar class that came in and all of them were gone after a year. Yeah, um, right. So like, So there's definitely a caveat here. Like, I don't think his job is like safe no matter what after next year. But like, I don't think the actual results of next year matter as much as it matters about promise for the future after next year.
0: And it's a good. I mean, it's a really good recruiting class. I'm not trying to poo-poo that or anything like that. I, I understand that when you bring in guys like that, you look at the potential, you hope that it can, you know, give you something that first year, and then kind of develop. I just wonder how much I I wonder, first of all, how much those players are going to be able to develop in the time necessary. I mean, if you've got a situation where it's like, well, okay, you know, by the time this guy's a junior, he's going to be a complete prospect. Right. Like you can't you you don't have that. You you have to have at least a Malachi in there. Right. Like somebody who's going to flash really quickly.
1: And I, I think they do, to be clear. Well, who, who would you say is the
0: guy, guy then that is like most likely to, to show it on the court immediately? Then. I,
1: I think Bruce Thornton. I think okay. Bruce Thornton right off the bat is going to push or compete for um, being that starting point guard sort of guy. Okay, So I, I think if there's and that's what they've sort of lacked for the past it is several years. Right. And that, that's the other thing for me is like there have been two positions that have just like kind of sucked since Holtman's been here and it's been point guard and Ohio State really hasn't had a true center. Right. And so, like, in this class, you have a point guard that I think is going to be very good from the day from day one and a true center. Now, I don't think Felix Akpara is the sort of guy that's going to be, like, immediately um, playing. Like, you know, like, he might not make an immediate impact. I think that position's a position where he might have to develop for a year or so, and maybe next year he'll be good. But, mm-hmm. like, that's another reason why I'm optimistic is, like, he's finally addressed the two positions that they've needed to address for, what, five years?
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean this is what that's the thing though because if you're an Ohio State fan you're looking at this you have a team that's won 20 games 21 games 21 games 20 games in the past four seasons like that's basically it like that's been pretty much lower half of the top 25 middling results in the Big Ten that's been the case for four years now yep and that's that's really hard to overlook sometimes as a fan. And and then when you see that a guy's getting an extension on a contract for three Mm -hmm. years, like, all right, man. And again, Ohio state can buy anybody out. That's not ever going to be an issue, but the vote of confidence.
1: Oh, and I totally
0: get it. And here's the thing about Holtman though. Like he's legitimately, I mean uh, the fact a little, a little bit too concerned with how people are talking about him, but as far as a human being, a good human being running a, you know, as far as, you know, NCAA men's basketball goes, a pretty clean program. Right. He's a good guy, you know, like those intangibles matter. And I think they really matter to Gene Smith specifically. Right. Uh, and that's, that's part of why you saw those kind of glowing words from him where he's like, yeah, man, right. this is a guy that we want running our program. You know, we, we believe in him, all that good stuff. That's great. Yeah. Um, but I just, I don't know. I, I, I think that there has to be a floor for one of the two most important revenue sports at Ohio state. Yeah, And for me, yeah, I... it's not just getting the NCAA tournament. It's, it's making regular runs. It's, it's getting uh-huh. the sweet 16 and, you know, getting past the first week yet that that's important. And I think no. the program has to take that seriously and believe that that's the floor for them. That's where they should be.
1: Mm-hmm. And I totally agree. Like, I, I'm not here saying that like what's happened in the past five years has been like fine. You know, like I, yeah. I think there's like, there's definitely a middle ground to take here and nobody really wants to take it. Like you can think that like, you can think that the results and what has happened and stuff is unacceptable. And also think that, you know, there's reason to believe where it could be fine in the future. And mm-hmm. so like, I, I, I think that's what frustrates me a lot about this conversation is like, you're either labeled a Holtman apologist or like uh, somebody who wants him fired. And it's like, well, neither of those things are true. Like I, I I'm not happy at all with the way that the program has been the past five years. But like, I also don't think this is anywhere close to the same thing as like the end of the Thad Mata era when like he couldn't get a prospect or a commit right. to save his life. Like, and you're getting it, diminishing not,
0: returns every year. And Right.
1: Right. Yeah. And so, which so is fair. The, it's 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 just not there and but like to your point you can't ignore the past five years and if he goes in this recruiting class fizzles out like i i think it is this recruiting class is make or break i don't think next season is make or break if he brings these four guys in and they like they fizzle nothing happens with them i i I think that's when you start you know looking at the past five years and all of those things and like the excuses start to not really matter anymore Mm -hmm. um but you know i I, I just don't think um, next year is the make or break year. Right.
0: Well, and he is bringing in talent. And, and one of the things we can kind of touch on briefly here is Liddell and, and Malachi Branham and the, uh, the combine and, and how that went. And, and I honestly, I was a little surprised that Malachi ended up going, but I think I just underestimated um, how well he would look in events like this, and how much the, in, the NBA would, you know, kind of value his skills and, and what he could do. So, I, I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna really do well for himself in the draft. Um, kind of awesome. I mean, I'm always impressed by guys who have like a wingspan that's a half a foot, you know, longer than they are, Paul. <laughs> that's kind of hilarious. Um, but I don't know. How do you see these guys translating into the
1: NBA? Yeah. I, I, it's really funny because, like, at first, I was kind of on the same train as you with with Malachi Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: um, like not thinking that he'd get drafted, whatever. But then like the consensus even before Ohio State played in the tournament and stuff like that was like, no, he's not just gonna get drafted, like he's gonna be a top 15 pick. Yeah. And like the the reality, like when I was actually reading like reviews and stuff like that, it it makes sense. Like the NBA is an offensive game. And so like the the criticism that a lot of people had of him is like, ah, he doesn't play defense. It's like who cares? cares? (laughs) Like is the NBA (laughs) really like like when has the nba ever drafted a player in the first round and expected him to be able to play great defense as a rookie like that's right. just that's not real like that that's that's not reality that's never been reality like that's not even a new thing like could was i mean i i was i was gonna say was lebron james a great defender when he was a rookie but he probably was yeah, but, really <laughs> but my, 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 my point is like that's that's not new like that's always been how it was and so like especially now when the d league and well the g league exists the way that it does um there's not like a in the, in the rookie contracts and stuff like that like it's fine for them to take a flyer on a guy that has potential all the potential in the world um and not need him to be a finished product like from the start and so like i i do think he has all the potential in the world um i do think that you know, he's got that length. He's got that pure, like, I mean, he's, he's a modern basketball player. Um, yeah. And, and, and so like, I think he translates really well. And I also think that uh, EJ Liddell does too. I, I was about to say over, he's, he's kind of gotten overshadowed in this draft and it's wild, but like EJ Liddell's, you know, he's got that same sort of, length that that versatility and everything so I, I mean I'm sure you're going to come to his defense too right here but
0: yeah because his athleticism is something that I think a lot of people I mean because he was such a focal point of Ohio State's offense and because he was asked to play inside so much mm-hmm. I don't think people really realize how athletic he is Yep. and this dude at the combine weighed in 50 pounds more than Malachi Branham right and out mm-hmm. jumped him in the standing vertical right yep. like that's no, he's a freak bonkers that is absolutely insane that he was able to do that and
1: and i i think that even goes like we kind of just got desensitized to it because i think people were so mad at like how frustrating everyone else was on ohio state's roster (laughs) yeah right they just like they lumped him into just like the frustration but like the fact that like when somebody was in transition and you just knew that it was going to be a chase down block when he was coming from behind. Mm-hmm. Like it was like LeBron James S like if somebody yes. had a breakaway and they were going to the rim, he was going to swat it. And it like, he was going to get a clean slot. And like, that's just absurd to think about that. Like that he can just jump and find the ball and make sure it doesn't go in. And like, I don't know. I, I, I completely see what you're saying. And I think it's, I think it's unfair the way that he's been viewed as a player because he has that versatility. Like he has so much versatility that he played inside and was a post player Mm -hmm. a lot more than I think that he will be at the next level. I don't think he's going to play inside.
0: And really what made him deadly, I mean, yeah, he had to play the post all the time, but that was, you know, obviously out of necessity. What made him deadly was that step back where he, you know, and like- It's unguardable. Yeah, it's unguardable. And you don't have to be playing the post and start to do that. Like you can do that from a lot of different places on the court if you can make that shot. And I I agree with you, man. Like I just I think he is going to have a very interesting NBA career. It depends obviously where he ends up and and who he ends up playing with and all that kind of stuff. But we've seen some guys who, you know, aren't considered maybe top two or three or five picks, and then for coming out of Ohio State, even and having really interesting NBA careers and and doing some cool stuff with that. So I I appreciate that. And I like guys, I mean, the thing about the NBA is that. In a lot of ways, if you have a, a skill set or at least an unusual or unique skill set, I think you can make it work in certain positions. And there are guys yeah. who maybe wouldn't work on other teams, but they are huge contributors uh, for, for the sure. teams that they are on because they're able to fulfill a role that pretty much nobody else can do. And I, I really enjoy watching that. That's part of the you know entertainment of watching the NBA, is seeing all these different guys and their their yeah. crazy skill sets.
1: Well, and I think I think with Liddell too. Um, I was talking about how the scouts are absolutely salivating over Branham's potential, mm-hmm. but I think Liddell's floor is a heck of a lot higher yeah. than Branham's floor. Like, I think so you too. know what you're getting in Liddell. Like I, I, I would, I would bet way more money that he is on a roster in 10 years, an NBA roster in 10 years than Branham. But like, I think there's a potential for Branham to be a better player. It, it's just, it's kind of like, I don't know. It's, it's like, I think Branham's ceiling is higher potentially, but Liddell's floor is way higher.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I mean, it's, you know, Branham, for as much as he exploded in the second half of last season, he also had games where he kind of disappeared a little bit. If his shot isn't yeah. there, that it's, it's, you know, it's one of those things where you're a shooter. He's, shoot. yeah. He's a freshman. He's a freshman. Sometimes the shot isn't there. And in the NBA, it's always got to be there. But like, I, yeah, Liddell, just the different skills that he brings, where he can be all over the court. Um, he's going to make I think one team really happy and surprise a lot of guys. I think so. That'll be yeah. that'll be a lot of fun to watch. And I'm excited to see where they end up and and how their careers kind of unfold. Um, let's shift back to uh, college football for a second, and I am I'm really uh, excited to talk about this because one guy that I've kind of <laughs> uh it maybe changed my opinion on a little bit over the years and one guy that i absolutely have not um and and jimbo fisher and and uh uh nick saban uh unrespectively you would flip those nick saban's a guy where i was like oh he's the devil and as he's gotten older as i've gotten more maybe more mature as a college football fan i've i've become to it or i've come to enjoy Nick Saban, much more than I maybe initially did. And Jimbo Fisher's always been trash. So I'm not super surprised about the drama between these guys, but it's very fun uh, to see this uh, inter-SEC beef on these streets. Basically, you've got two guys accusing each other of being dirty. Uh, Saban specifically saying like, yeah, we were second recruiting last year. A&M was first. They bought every player on their team. NIL, quote-unquote, wink-wink, nudge-nudge. Uh, same and saying same. we didn't buy one player i don't know man there's a lot of uh of of slinging of trash slinging going here who would you take the side of in this or do you think it's just ridiculous that either of these guys are, are trying
1: to call each other out i lean towards the what you the second thing like i i think it's insane and like you they both live in the glassiest of houses yeah <laughs> but also like I'm really glad that they're doing it because it's really fun. You know, like it's it's just a casual observer, this rules. And I, I I think it's like, I I am very glad I was very shocked, but I was so happy that Nick Saban made those comments just because like, I knew that it was going to be content for me to scroll through on Twitter for the next (laughs) like month. But like, I, I could not believe it because like, I, I am not that plugged in to college football recruiting. Uh, Like I'm just not. And I could tell you like five specific scenarios. I'm not going to of like things that I have heard just from like casually hearing about recruiting of Alabama, like doing shady recruiting things. And to Nick Saban's credit, like probably hasn't been recently. I think that might've been one of those things that you do like to start your program. And, you know, I, I think Alabama doesn't need to do those sort of things anymore, but like, I, I there's just been a lot of like even you even see on Twitter, like I saw today someone was like, buddy, like Tua's entire family moved to Alabama from Hawaii. <laughs> like and so t- t- there's
0: just a lot That's of feasible. Like what that, are you talking about? The yeah. look, the cost of living in Hawaii is incredibly high. And I understand, like, I feel like you could probably swing that on a Hawaii salary. You're going to semi rural Alabama, you could probably do it. That makes sense. That makes sense. It makes sense. It makes sense. It's something that okay. could happen.
1: It's, I mean, there's like, nothing shady like, about that. the, the, the moving part, <laughs> or the, so, like, like the moving part, is the issue. Like, yeah. I don't know how often you've moved,
0: but <laughs> anyway. Oh, I anyway, move all the time. I, it's the easiest thing in the world. Nothing to. It. Yeah. It's fine, especially across so, the like halfway across the planet. It's fine.
1: Right. Yeah. I, 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 teleport. But yes. anyway, like it. So, like from that perspective, I'm like, I can't believe Nick Saban is the one that's that's coming out at, at, at Jimbo here. But also, like I don't know, all around it was amazing because, like, even listening to Jimbo's press conference, like he—I don't know if he was trying to be careful with his words or anything like that—but like he never flatly denied that all or most of the players in his class were getting beefy um, NIL deals from these collectives and stuff like that. All—all he said was that he wasn't—he had nothing to do with it—and that they weren't like buying these players but like and, and he said that they didn't do anything illegal he said that sure. many times nothing illegal <laughs> happening nobody's accusing him of anything illegal like,
0: there's nothing illegal about breaking NCAA illegal. rules like that right. that's what's funny so, to like, me
1: the, the FBI like, isn't gonna come knocking down his door or yeah. anything like that like like nobody you know it's right and so like it, just all of that was hilarious because it's like you're this mad at Nick Saban for like throwing stones at you but like you're not even actually denying what Nick Saban's accusing you of
0: yeah I mean it's here's here's what's funny to me first of all Jimbo Fisher just like acting like he's so personally hurt and offended by these words that that's the funniest (laughs) part about all of this like he has been mortally injured by yeah. these accusations from Nick Saban and saying stuff like some people think they're God, go dig into God how did his deal <laughs> by the way. Out of context, that's even funnier. Like, if you oh, did, amazing, yeah. If somebody just gave you that quote, some people think they're God. Go and dig into how God did his deal. You may find out <laughs> a lot about that guy. A lot of things you didn't want to know. <laughs> that guy. But God, yeah. Gosh, we gotta we gotta look into this God dude. He seems pretty yeah. shady. But like the whole thing is really silly and I understand that Nick Saban, you know, to continue the religious metaphor walks on water, you know, to Alabama fans and the sec and all that stuff. But, you know, and Jim moving says we built on it to be the czar of football. I don't think anybody is under any impression that Nick Saban, we don't have the same view of Nick Saban that we did of like a Joe Paterno before his scandal broke. And before he found out about what was going on with Penn state, Joe Paterno had this, you know, ridiculous image that i can't believe in retrospect anybody bought into but you know we're doing the right way we've got these penn state values and we'll never break them blah 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 and people love that i don't think anybody has that idea about nick saban you know what i mean i don't think anybody's thinking like man runs a squeaky clean program cares about nobody has ever said that nobody's ever said that so for him for jimbo to be like you know you look into it you see some you know guys getting like deals like no kidding Right, yeah. Everybody, everybody sees that. Nobody cares, but it doesn't. Right. But that's the point, and that's why the NIL stuff is significant, and why I personally, and I've said this on the Dubcast, why I don't understand why everybody's bringing their hands about this stuff. It's been around forever. We've always like winked and nudged at this thing and said, like, okay, well, we know what's going on on the side, but we're not going to talk about it. Now we're talking about it, and all of a sudden, it's like insane. It, right. I don't think it's changed that much. I really don't think no. it's changed that much. And so Nick Saban's like, oh, they're buying. That's what's crazy about Nick Saban saying all that. Because, yeah, so? Like, okay, Jimbo, good for you. You did do that. Right. That's the, he should, honestly, if Jimbo wanted to be a cool guy, if he wanted to come out and win this argument, he'd be like, yeah, so what? Yeah. That's and what then he what, did. Would, what would happen? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing would happen, Nothing would happen to his program. The he, NCAA, he NCAA have said- wouldn't do anything.
1: He should have that's said, yes, up. we did that. And Nick Saban's been doing it for a decade. Yes. So what?
0: Yes, exactly. And then you win. It, he, and that's exactly what he should have done. He should have said yep. straight up, yeah, what are you going to do about it? And yep. and then he said, you know what? And now we're going to beat you next season. And granted, yep. they're probably not. But that would have been a really funny thing to say. And I feel like if Mike Leach were the kind of guy, you know, if you had somebody out there who just genuinely did Lane not give. Lane Kiffin oh my god if right. Lane Kiffin were in a position he would just laugh his ass off he'd probably show up and like play like some youtube like clip or something he would do something goofy yeah. and i don't know the the beef here is very funny because jimbo fisher is just so easily you know pruned by by these by the you know the barbs just you know his is his flesh is just baby soft peach soft i mean the guy yeah. is just incredibly easily uh Annoyed and, and angered at this whole thing, and and Saban and his twilight years just genuinely not giving a crap is is pretty great as well. So I encourage this, and honestly, I'm a little sad that I think that the Big Ten is not like Ryan Day is not going to go out and like if somebody says something about Ryan Day, he might say something to this, like a snide comment or something like that, but you're not going to get this back and forth, right? No. Um, if Jim Harbaugh goes completely off the chain and starts just yelling and accusing things, you know, about Ohio state, I don't think you're going to see any kind of, you know, unhinged response from Ryan right. day about how, you know, no look into Harbaugh. He's Everyone thinks he's the best. Um And I kind of wish that we would, I, I wish we had a little bit more of that. Um, I was promised when BLMO returned to the conference that we would, we would get more of that and I don't, we haven't seen it. And I'm a little, I'm a little upset. That's all I would say about that. I'm a little disappointed. Um, the big 10 needs to step up their, their pettiness game a little bit. And maybe it's because the sec, you know, and they're, maybe they're just better at it. at being in that kind of, you know, we, you need the passive aggressiveness. If you're going to be in the big 10, right? Like you can't, you can't just outright, <laughs> you can't, right? Sure. You can't make funny jokes. You're just going to go, you're going to suck in through your teeth. Your clenched teeth and go i don't know about that and then that'll be the extent of your your commentary on someone else's you know demasery. but um i don't know it, it, by the way if let me ask you this kevin we've got ryan day as head coach pretty even kill guy not a not the kind of dude who wants to engage in that aside from harbaugh do you think there could be a coach in the big 10 that could set
1: him off i, I think anybody could set off jim harbaugh <laughs>
0: Or no, like, aside yeah, yeah. aside from Harbaugh, who could set off Ryan Day?
1: Oh, who could set off Ryan Day?
0: Yeah, is there anybody you think you might be able to get under his skin?
1: Not really, because I think you'd have to be like good and
0: irritating <laughs> you have to be a
1: threat, right? Yeah, and so I, I think Harbaugh is really the only one that could pull it off. James Franklin, maybe, but I just don't think James Franklin has that in him.
0: No, I think they probably I, those guys seem like they're kind of on a similar wavelength to Ryan yeah. Day and Franklin. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, I don't see that. I don't think there's anybody who's like like purposely trying to come at ohio state which is maybe part of the big Ten's problem right maybe they need somebody who can just try to get a villain yeah yeah they need a villain that i mean again that's bielem was supposed to be that dude so anyway i think it's funny i am very curious to see how this all plays out during the uh the actual regular season and more so once they actually integrate you know some other schools into the sec Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun too, because that's just, I don't think the SEC is really prepared for the kind of drama that comes with having Texas in your conference. Um, but they're going to find out that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm actually really excited about that. So that's fun and good. Also, fun and good is the sponsoring of the 11 Dubcast by the Dry Goods Store at 11Warriors.com. Drygoods.11Warriors.com. Shirts, hats, stickers, all kinds of fun stuff. It's summer, y'all. So go ahead and get some cool summer shirts from the Dry Goods Store at 11Warriors.com. Let's do a little Ask Us Anything, which is, of course, the best part of my week. Um, And soon it'll be the best part of your week, Kevin, because we have a ton of fantastic questions. In fact, we have so many questions this week that I may have to save some, I think for next week. Uh, and then one in particular that I think Andy and I, we worked pretty extensively on uh, last time. And it was a very complicated question. So I'm going to hold that till Andy gets back because I want to make sure that, you know, he's able to rehash some of the things that we got into. I'm going to start with this one. This is from Tim. He wants to know simply Kevin, what is your favorite piece of trivia? trivia? Is there, so let me put it this way. If you're, you're in a conversation, right? You're trying to liven up the, the dialogue between the people involved. What's something that you pull out of your back pocket that you're like, okay, this is maybe not going to blow people's minds, but it's something I like busting out every so often.
1: Um, I don't know. I usually just talk about Arby's.
0: Um, (laughs) You probably, you have an extensive knowledge of Arby's and I, I guarantee you some of that counts as trivia. There's gotta be something about Arby's that I don't know. And most people would not know that you do know.
1: Yeah, that's, that's probably fair. Um, I, one, one Arby's trivia thing that I learned is that there are a few um, purist Arby's, I guess we're just talking about Arby's now where their menus their menus are basically just like I, I've not been to one, but their menus are kind of fixed um, from like several years ago, and so okay. they have like straight fries. They still call the the uh, they still have the they still call the Jamocha shakes the coffee shakes, um, and and I think those are fascinating. So these um, are like the, the, the like orthodox Arby's. Arby's. They refuse to change. Yeah, for sure, for sure. The, so the pre
0: the pre, what is it? The pre-Vatican
1: II Arby's. Basically, yeah, it's a pre schism. So, um, pre-schism, yeah. it, so if if I wanted to impress somebody, I'd just talk about you know um, the, my fascination with these old RBs. and I've never been to one. Uh, I, I think there's one, there's one in the Central Ohio-ish area. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's even the Marion one. Shout out to uh, our old colleague, but um, I, I I think there's one in in, in Marion. Um, and you so I do find I might DJ have at
0: up. the Marion Arby's. Do you think you would actually willingly go to that Arby? <laughs> no way. No, you
1: never
0: would. No. <laughs> I feel like you'd have to drag them kicking and screaming out of For the sure. bottoms yeah. to go do that. Um, For sure. By the way, do you think that, okay, so we've got these Orthodox Arby's that refuse to change their ways. Do you think Rax is like similar in experience
1: to that? I've never been to Rax. You've so. never
0: been to Rax. Now, I got to tell you no. something because Rax only has a few more locations that are still open. There was one in Middletown when I was growing up. I think there's and one is,
1: in the
0: circle, though. Yeah, I, there's, I think there's one in Lancaster, too. But um, what blew my mind, because I didn't know this, and honestly, the racks, and this is not, by the way, Tim, the fact that I'm going to bust out, but uh, there was a racks when I was in Middletown growing up, and I thought it was just cheap Arby's. I didn't think, you know, I just thought it was knockoff Arby's, which I was fine with, because I liked racks. I thought that racks was fine, Um but apparently Racks was supposed to be the high-end Arby's. They, they marketed themselves. If you look at old commercials you can go on YouTube and look at these old Racks commercials, they had kids in suits in their commercials, you know, like showing a family Wild. sitting down at like a fancy dinner, like, let's go to Racks, which is hilarious because if you've ever, you know, for those listening, if you've ever gone to the Racks that are still in existence, uh, maybe not a suit and tie kind of place. Um, but I, I was fascinated by that. I thought they were, <laughs> I, you know, I thought there was just basically like you know garage arby's but it's it's basically it was they envisioned themselves as high-end arby's so good for them here's the thing my favorite piece of trivia i really like animals a lot and there are specific animals i know a lot about i am also very particularly interested so if somebody brings up possums for example i i have like five go-to facts about possums i really like to mention one being that They're the only North American marsupial, which I think is pretty interesting. Um, Their lifespan is actually much shorter than it should be for the size of their bodies. There's actually like, I forget what the concept is called, but the idea is that the larger you are as a mammal, typically your lifespan is supposed to kind of increase in concert. Um, And like also it goes to brain size and stuff like that. For whatever reason, comparative to their brain size and their physical size, Possums don't live very long at all. Their, their lifespan's like max three to four years in the wild if they're lucky. Um, so I find that interesting. Uh, they are immune to rabies, essentially. Their body temperature is too low. So the rabies virus can't propagate in their bodies. They don't get affected by it. And they eat ticks. So pretty good animal overall. I'm a big fan of possums. The other thing that I like to bust out is uh, I'm interested in the ages of animals. Like, for example, cetaceans, right? Like, big whales and, and things like that live a very long time. And since the study of these animals, uh, you know, really has only started within the past 60, 70 years, they're studying animals that had been around longer than that. So it's potential that there, the potential that these animals have to live much longer than we know is definitely there. And then finally the Greenland shark lives up to 500 years. They found a specimen that was over 500 years old, which is wild that's really interesting to me that you know a vertebrate like that could live so freaking long i think that's incredible so yeah that that would be some of the trivia that i like to bust out basically animal related trivia um all right so this next question i really enjoy this question and i'm glad that you asked it scott which is uh would you rather go out on the town drinking with santa claus or superman santa claus why by the way i agree but why I don't like Superman. He's too
1: perfect. I'm, He's too I'm, perfect. I'm, 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 oh
0: yeah, he'd make you look like crap, right? Like yeah, I'm not, I'm not down with Superman showing
1: you up all night. Yes, yeah, Santa Santa's a relatable guy. He's just a normal dude. Seems yeah. happy, you know. Like I, there's, I I want to hang out with Santa Claus in any scenario. Here's the thing: both
0: I think they're both quality fictional human beings. But the thing about Superman as Clark Kent, Superman seems like a really nice guy. He seems like somebody you'd want to hang out with. I just feel like he would be leaving throughout the entire night right? Yeah, to go fair. take care of things. So you try to start a conversation five minutes later, he's got to go, you know, save a cat <clears throat> in a tree, right? Mm-hmm. Two minutes later, he's got to stop a burning building, all this crap. It, it, it would be such a pain. Santa Claus works basically one night a year, right? I would 100% want to go on a bender with like June Santa Claus, who yeah. is like deep into his off season, basically you know a college coach who doesn't have to he's he's forbidden for making re- recruiting calls or whatever this is a guy living it up right i think santa claus would be awesome plus i feel like he would just be giving out free stuff to everybody all night like you want to be around a guy who's going to be that popular wherever you go so i'm 100 percent on santa claus's uh you know coattails i think for that night i would 1000 percent be all about that um so great question, Scott. I appreciate that. This one's from our good friend, Alvin, who wants to know, what is your greatest sports moment of your life? And he does not elaborate. So I assume it means it can be personal achievement, what you watch. I don't know what, how, however you want to interpret this go. What would you I've say told, is the greatest sports moment of your life?
1: I've told this a few times this week. I had one game of basketball in intramurals where I just could not miss.
0: Oh, hell yeah. And Let's like, go
1: like it was co-ed intramurals and it was to the point that I would like dribble across the mid court line, pull up and it would go in that rules. And I, I probably scored like 30 plus points. Oh my in like God, a, that rules. It, it Just a, a sub, like a short game. Like it, it was nuts.
0: That's awesome. Yes. And you're never going to forget that either. When you no. were just like dominating the court. That's fantastic. I love that. And you know what? Intramurals count too. I don't care what anybody says, especially if you haven't like played the game for a little bit that i feel like that's a better test of skill than any other (laughs) than than a real sport in a real league screw that let's just watch intramurals now i you know what i I had some fun intramural times at ohio state um I, i did a little bit better in them than i thought here's the thing growing up i i my two biggest sports were swimming and soccer right like i swam i was actually on two swim teams i was on a winter swim team and a summer swim team every year uh, from the time I was like maybe six till the time I graduated high school, um, I never got very good at it. And there were a couple of times where I like kicked like absolute ass. And I do remember those. I actually held for a long time, I held a record in Southwestern Ohio for a particular event but that's because they only swam it once at one meet, and it was me and five other kids and two of them DQ'd and the other two were just garbage. So, <laughs> so I, I was very, but they put me, like they put my name on this giant plaque that they had on like where they were doing their giant, like end of the year meets and stuff. And I was there for years. It was really funny to me. Cause I was like, well, I, I did it once. Um, but I would say like, in terms of personal athletic achievement, that's a hard one especially if you're not very good at sports uh, <laughs> um I would have to say there was an event there was a time when I was swimming they actually like one of the guys on a relay was the highest, like, I think it was like 15 to 18 was the age bracket. And I think I was 13 or 14 at the time. And they just lied and said that I was old enough to be in it. And so I was, they put me third because that's where you put the slowest person in the, you know, in the free relay. But I actually held my own against guys who were like three, four years older than me. And I felt really like, I like was, I don't know what got into Johnny Ginner that day, but I was like in it to win it. And we actually ended up winning that race in part because I was able to hold on to our lead. And I was super like, I, I've never been more stoked, I think, as a athlete um, during that. But I would also say probably Pelotonia, like being able to finish that was a huge accomplishment because I hadn't been on a bike and, and shoot. My wife hadn't been on a bike in years, and we both were able to, to finish that uh, multiple times. And that's something that I've always been really proud of because it's like, you know, the older you get, you get decrepit and things are falling off of you and just, you know. <laughs> And to be able to finish a 50 mile bike uh, race, not race, ride, really, um, was a lot of fun. And and I'm I'm proud of that. So that I would have to say that's probably it there. Um, All right. This one I really like. This is from the mysterious and handsome stranger who also apparently created a throwaway email account. You can be you don't have to be anonymous for the 11 Dubcast. ask us anything, but you can be. So you know what? Mysterious and handsome stranger. Go for it. Uh, this person says that they are very into marble racing. It's stupid, but it's 99.9% random. But I like how you say 99.9% random. It's hundred percent random dude. Uh, but the a- announcer is so into it that I can't help, but love it. Do you have any other similar fake sports that you adore? Can I say something real quick, Kevin? Do you know what he's talking about? Like the YouTube videos? Yes.
1: Yeah. I know what he's talking about.
0: The jellies, the jellies, uh, marble runs. Yeah where they have like the marble Olympics. I actually, uh-huh. first of all, I watched the hell out of that stuff. I love that. I love that. Like the teams that I think the midnight wisps is the one that I personally root for. Cause they have the coolest looking marbles. Um, but this is, if you haven't checked this out, if you haven't seen this and you're listening to this, I would 100% recommend checking out jelly's marble runs, uh, on YouTube. Those are very fun and entertaining. And they, there's actually been a lot of, uh, Kind of cool articles written about the guy who does the announcing for that and, and how we got into it so i recommend people check that out if they uh, if they have not are there any like fake sports that you were like super super into at one point nah, no
1: i think i'm embarrassed enough to how much time i spend watching real sports that i i have limited <laughs> myself from fake sports
0: fair enough i you know what i like watching speed runs of video games and i know that's like mm. super lame but there are some really interesting ones out there and and watching people like optimize a video game in a in a in a way that a human really shouldn't be able to and um you know especially when you're getting into really popular games like super mario brothers the way they have that game optimized literally to like the hundredth of a second is insane to me and and all the tricks that they use which again no human being should reasonably be able to you know accomplish that's something that i i do enjoy and pay attention to and i was also big into pogs when i was a kid pogs could not be beaten they're pretty great um (laughs) and actually i felt i have a story about this so my grandma one of the greatest people to have ever lived she was just an awesome awesome human being um so pogs were huge for I was a while in, in fad time tar- like in fad time they were they were around for, geez probably a year and a half and I just remember that uh, after it was done maybe about two months after people just stopped caring, my 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 poor grandma shows up at our house. She'd gone to the flea market. I guess she went to Trader's World or something. And she shows up at her house with like 10,000 Pogs. And I'm sure she probably only paid like five bucks for them. But she's like, here you go, Johnny. I know you love Pogs. I was like, well, thanks. I'm set for eternity now. Thank you, Grandma. That's fantastic. Uh, and i don't know what i did with them but i'm sure they've accumulated a lot of dust and mold over the years somewhere in my parents house uh last question here this is from josh who simply wants to know if you could have any animal as a pet that you cannot find in your typical pet store what would it be a penguin penguin why a penguin
1: i just think that they're they uh they're fun they're different and i think that'd just be fun to walk down the street and it's just waddling Have you
0: seen have you seen like the penguin? I don't know if it's like Norway or Sweden or Finland or something, but they like give it official military honors. You know what I'm talking about?
1: I've seen that, yeah.
0: Yeah, and they like are saluting this penguin. And yeah. I, I don't know, that would be the singular penguin. I think if you're going to get a penguin as a pet, that like, one. it's got to be the one that you have to salute and show deference to authority to anytime it yeah. walks in the room. I think that would be pretty good. I would say, I've thought about this for years and I feel like it wouldn't be nearly as fun a pet as I am kind of envisioning, um, but I kind of want a skunk. I think a skunk <laughs> would be cool. And I know like, well, and, they, and skunks are illegal in Ohio. Ohio has some weirdly permissive pet laws um, at least they did until that one guy's animals all got out. But um, you know, skunk owners, like, well, we get him desented. I'm like, no, man, I want my skunk to be like armed and ready. I, I want to yeah. be able to train this guy. To, like... And by the way, we have skunks all over the freaking place in our neighborhood and they go off constantly. I want to train skunk. I want an attack skunk, right? Like you have an attack dog. I don't want anybody to get maimed. I just want them to smell like yeah, it's even like, better the ninth level of hell. Like, I that's really what I want. I want I don't want anybody to get hurt. I just want them to hate life if they try right. to break in my house. <laughs> I want to ruin their life for multiple weeks. I don't want them to get bit. I just want to, yeah. to spray them real bad. But yeah. so that's what I would say. Skunk. I think cool. that'd be pretty- So thank you for sending those in. And again, I know we did not get to all of them, Matt. Uh, I appreciate your extremely uh, in-depth question, and we will definitely go over that uh, when Andy gets back. But we, you know, we got to have context for it. We'll bring it back. So thank you for asking those. Those are fantastic. Uh, Ask us anything really is the lifeblood of the Dubcast in the offseason. So thanks again. Real quick, before we get out of here, Ohio State's going to take on North Carolina on December 17th. How do you feel about that? Excited, Um, you pumped, you like I mean it
1: it, it, I'd like I would like to think that it'll be okay, but after our whole conversation about Ohio State basketball, I have no idea what it's but they come
0: okay. But here's the thing, and and last thing before we get out of here, this is what drives me crazy about Holtman. You have all of this promise sometimes in the beginning of the season where they take out a team like a Duke or a Kentucky, and you're like, Oh hell, here we go. And then January hits, and then February hits, and you're like, Oh, well, that was a fluke. So I I want to end this on a a note of hope and I hope that when they take on UNC at Madison square garden, that is the launch pad finally for this freshman class. And we'll see what happens. Um, probably not, but that's okay. I, I, I am, I am hoping that it will happen. So Kevin, thanks again for filling in this week for Andy. Uh, you were fantastic and, uh, we'll have to have you on here soon too.
1: Awesome. Thank you.
0: Yep. All right. And that's the 11 dub cast. So I'm Johnny, he's Kevin and we'll
1: see you next week.